Welcome to the WRC Podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Marie, and you're in the right place. Here at the Well-Rounded Counselor Podcast, what you can expect is to learn, shift your thinking, and gain personal and professional growth. And if you have not yet done so, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast episode. The conversation starts now. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Katrina Marie, and I'm here to talk to you today about how losing a loved one has shaped and helped me in my grief counseling skills. Now, this isn't a pretty topic. However, it's going to enlighten you and give you power to help other people and to help yourself if you ever become a part of a situation where you lose somebody that you love dearly in your life, whether it's a parent, a friend, a child, or somebody near and dear to you, it's so important to know how to help yourself and to help others when they're going through a grieving process. So let's talk about what is grief. It is an intense sorrow. It is so much sadness. It's almost like heartbreak. You know what that feels like when you went through your first heartbreak? That is the pain you endure when you go through grief. It's usually caused by the loss of a loved one, or grief can be in other categories, whether it is a separation from something or a situation, but um, it is a very personal process, and there is no limit to mourning or grieving a loss of someone that you have been separated from. So how do we deal with grief? It varies depending on your upbringing, culturally, socially, religiously, physically, emotionally, and behaviorally. All these things play a factor into how we grieve and how it shows up in our lives moving forward. And as I mentioned, grief takes time to adjust um, to this new form of separation. We've been on autopilot. Our habits have been um, formed for maybe a very long time in regards to this person. Maybe we're used to calling them every day or hearing their voice, or maybe we're used to a certain behavior, or they would always sit in one part of the house that you were used to seeing them in, and then all of a sudden they're just not there when you turn around and look. So we have been programmed and conditioned to be on autopilot for certainly a long time. And um, it will take time to adjust to this new Uh, this new reality of separation. And when we grieve, our brains and neurons, they kind of dance around in our head, causing this disruption in our hormones. And that results in usually not sleeping well, we lose our appetite, uh, we get a bit more lethargic and fatigued. Sometimes this creates actually anxiety and depression um, and other symptoms possibly. Um, Sometimes grief can cause addictions as well. Um, so again, it really depends on, um, how you view this and how your upbringing was, and that can ultimately, um, cause you to grieve depending on those characteristics that I mentioned earlier. Um, so just a little bit about me. I lost my mom about several years ago and I never had the conversation with anybody about what to do when you grieve. I mean, there is a level of shock factor that you go through and disbelief and grief actually has stages. And for me, the first stage was denial. You're just in denial that this person is gone. Um, It's like I said, you're on autopilot and you're just used to things happening a certain way. 
And it's just really hard to wrap your mind around this. It's very hard to reprogram your mind to believe that this person is physically no longer here on earth. You cannot pick up the phone and call them. They have left. They are gone. And um, it can feel very overwhelming. And this denial is almost like a defense mechanism where um, we don't want to accept what has happened. I know for myself, um, it took me a while. I think the shock factor happened for a couple weeks and then the denial maybe in the first month. And, um, you know, but because I am a counselor and because I know how to help myself and I knew that I needed to get coping skills, I immediately didn't allow myself to stay in these stages for too long. I jumped to the very last stage as quickly as I could, which I'll get to in just a minute. Um, the next stage after denial, um, could be anger, you know, and resentment and bitterness. Um, especially when reality sets in, you feel like I could have did something better to help them. Um, you feel frustrated, you felt helpless. Um, you might kind of be bitter towards people that maybe didn't help. Like maybe the doctors weren't as supportive as you needed them to be. Um, or maybe it was yourself that you feel like you neglected that person and you didn't, um, give them the tender, loving care that they deserved. Again, it it just depends on the situation, right? Um, but anger is definitely one of the stages of grief and losing someone. Now there's another stage called bargaining. Um, and this is like the, what if, what if I did this Would this still, this person still be here? What if I did that Would this person still be here? And I know I certainly did this with my own, um, loss. When my mom came to visit me abroad, she was already very sick. And, um, I asked her, I said, do you think it's a good idea that you get on an airplane and fly here? And she's, she said, yes, but my mom was a trooper. Like she was an incredible woman. And, um, you know, she would not let this stop her from seeing me, number one, and number two, an experience of a lifetime. So she pushed through. However, her health um, declined and uh, she caught pneumonia on the flight and it caused her to get sicker more quickly. And so I took, um, when it had happened, I said, well, what if I didn't allow her to fly? Or what if Um, I flew home instead. Would she still be alive? Would she still not be in the position that she was in uh, where health declined so fast? So again, um, those what if questions will cause you to feel really crappy and cause you to um, go through maybe the anger stage a little bit longer. And ultimately that could possibly lead you to a bit of depression because you feel bad. Um, so the next stage is depression where you truly feel sad about the situation. You've had time to, um, recognize that this has actually happened. The anger subsided, the what ifs are starting to fade away. Um, and the true sadness sets in where you understand that your loss has actually come into effect. And, um, this is when you find yourself maybe crying. Um, you have sleep issues, you don't eat, um, you feel overwhelmed, regretful, lonely. I know with myself, um, I definitely experienced depression, but because I know how to help myself, as I mentioned, I didn't allow myself to sit in that depression for so long. Um, I would catch myself crying for no reason at all. Um, I could be in the kitchen just chopping up vegetables and I would just cry or, 
um, I would drive past a place that reminded me of someone and it would make me cry or, um, you know, you constantly talk about the person. Again, these were all coping mechanisms from myself and that's going to be different for each person, but I was depressed. So when you're depressed, it's, it's all you can think about is the loss. Now, um, once you move past the depression, you start to accept the situation. You start to um, be in the final stage of grief and you accept that this reality of your loss is is um, where you're at. And you, you might still feel sad, but you will start to move on. And that's ultimately what you want. And that's ultimately what your loved one will want for you is for you to move on and to live your life, to, con- to continue pressing forward. This is what your loved ones would want for you is for you to reach that acceptance stage as quickly as possible. And so when I talk with families or when I talk with students, especially students who are young and maybe their coping skills are not developed quite maturely, um, even with other adults that I work with, um, you know, I I talk about getting to this acceptance stage um, not as quickly as you can, but the sooner you get to it, you will be more at peace. And you have to think about how your loved ones last saw you. They probably saw you smiling. They probably saw you happy, living your best life. They were probably so proud of you. And that's the space that you need to hold on to. That's the space you need to say, okay, this is what they would want for me to keep moving forward. I know that right before my mom passed away, um, we were standing in the airport as I was hugging her goodbye. That was essentially the last time I truly saw her was in the airport. And, um, Essentially, what had happened is she said to me, she goes, if I die tomorrow, I knew I did a good job. And, um, you know, I hold that very close to me because I want to hold those words in my mind to to prove to myself that she did do a good job, that she did raise me to be an outstanding individual, a well-respected individual, somebody who loves fiercely, who cares, who has passions, who will not give up on herself. And so I want to hold dear those words that she did a good job raising me. And I want to prove to myself that that is the case. Okay. Um, Something that I always like to reflect on is my own personal spirituality. I'm Christian. And um, what the Bible talks about is that death wasn't meant to happen initially. If you know the story of in Genesis, there was Adam and Eve. They were created perfectly in God's image and they um, disobeyed God. And then God essentially um, said that they would they would eventually die. Um, and so if you know that the first human, the first man was created perfectly, um, you would know that death was truly not meant to be our fate initially. And um, so for me, when I think about that and I think about how we were created to actually live forever and then we inherited sin um for me death feels so unnatural it feels so unnatural to our psyche it feels so unnatural to experience especially when you lose a loved one and so when i speak with students or people i know i i do empathize and i understand it's just rewiring the brain it's something that's uncomfortable it's a quite a taboo topic to be very fair people don't like to discuss death people don't like to discuss um pre-planning uh the death of a loved one or know where things are at or know how to um find important paperwork um and these 
things can feel a bit uncomfortable. But what I would like for people to take away from this podcast is to have those hard conversations, even if you know nothing's wrong with your loved one, but to just know how to handle and cope when the situation does arise because we let's face it we will all lose someone that we care about deeply in this life um that is inevitable that is um the cycle of life and so um the more you have these discussions maturely and candidly and honestly with someone you love and care about whether it's your parents or siblings or um friends the better you will be equipped one to deal with the affairs of that person and the grief at the same time, because that can be the hardest bit is dealing with the shock of losing them and then having to deal with all the affairs and paperwork and um, closing bank accounts and doing all the the stuff that we don't always know we need to do. Um, Because one, nobody teaches us these things in school. Nobody teaches us these um, common life lessons that we should know but we don't know when the time comes around. So it's so important to start having these conversations even though they feel uncomfortable. I recommend um, if you are going through a grieving process to seek support, to seek community. Um, I know right away I started Googling like like grief support groups. Um, For me, I found a motherless daughters group. There is um, a very famous uh, author, Hope Edelman, who created this motherless daughter support group. So those of you maybe listening who have lost a mom and you are a daughter, um, that is a wonderful um, resource as well. And there's plenty of other resources. But for me, I found a group of women and it was free. This support group was free. It met every other week. It made me not feel alone. And mind you, I was not in my home country grieving. So I was 10,000 miles away from my family and friends grieving on my own. So this support system, this support group was my go-to place where I felt like people understood what I was going through, where I felt like um, me crying for no reason, people understood the why. And so having community, having people that can empathize with you and hold your hand and walk you through the difficult moments um, is essential. Please don't isolate yourself. It's not going to be, um, easy doing this by yourself. We're not, we're creatures that are not meant to be alone. So seek support and community and talk with people. Um, and also, also give yourself time. Grieving is something that I tell people that it's not going to be an immediate thing. Um, in the first couple weeks, month, everybody was checking up on me and I was constantly bombarded with messages and people sending things or sharing things and um, checking up on me. And in the initial days of all that, you're so disoriented or shocked or you're going through the, the first few stages of grief that it's just, it's a lot at once. And then as time moves on, you are still dealing with the grief and other people move on with their life and they kind of forget about you. And so how are you going to handle and and deal with that when other people slowly start to forget about that person that just passed, but you don't? Um, That will be maybe the start of a journey where you really need to start seeking um, support so you don't fall back into the other stages of grief. Um, And I know for myself, there was one point where I felt so lonely in this world Um, especially when people started to slip away and fall away. 
um, after my mom's passing and people were not checking up on me, I had to really um, muster up the courage to move forward, to move um, beyond the grief and to say, I'm not going to give up no matter how I feel today. And um, it's important to find hobbies. It's important It's important to find activities that are going to help you through those hard days because I guarantee you there will be hard days. And even seven years later, I still have a day or here and there where um, it does pain me and I do feel sad, but my coping mechanisms have evolved. My my hobbies and my interests have evolved and I've evolved. You know, my grief obviously is not in the initial stages it once was, I've had so much time to pass. I've gone through all the first, the first birthdays, the first year anniversary, um, the first this, the first that. I've gone through all those stages. And yes, they were not easy. But what you need to do is do things that would make the other person happy or make yourself happy. And I cannot emphasize this enough. When I speak to my students, um, they just need someone to listen. You're not always required to give advice. Um, sometimes people just want someone to listen to them because there really is no words that would bring that person back. Um, I know recently I had a colleague, um, lose a loved one. And, um, first of all, I just validated that I was so happy that she was back and that we missed her. And, um, you know, I, I said to her, I said, I know what you're going through and I, I know that there is nothing I can say that will bring this person back. Um, however, um, you know, I'm here if you want someone to just listen because I think there's nothing I can say that will make you feel better essentially. And she looked at me and she just knew that I knew. So me losing someone, me going through my own grieving process truly helps me connect with other people who too are also going through that. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it, but it does um, help. And this is a gift I feel that my mom has given me in my career. And as sad as it is, as sad as it is, and I miss her every day, it is a gift because it has helped me help other people. And when you feel down and when you feel sad, start giving. Um, That will truly boost your mood. That will truly bring you out of the funk. It will bring you out of the sadness and the depression when you start giving back to other people. Um, So this is kind of where I'm at when I help others in um, my grief counseling skills. And this is a little bit about my history with dealing with grief. Um, I'm curious to know how other people have dealt with it. And um, if you feel that this information has helped you or you feel that this can support somebody going through a difficult time, I encourage you to share this message. And I hope that it sheds some light and some um, inspiration and just a little bit of happiness into their hearts. So Thank you for listening, and I wish you all a wonderful day. Did you love the episode? I hope you're feeling inspired and no longer feeling alone out there, and you're ready to evolve and become a better person. Make sure that you share this podcast or take a screenshot and post it on your social media. That's how you help spread this podcast organically, and people can find it much easier when you share or share it with a loved one. I'm your host, Katrina Marie, and make it your mission to be a blessing in someone else's life today.